We are well rested and ready to get back to work after our break. This is the podcast formerly known as Where is the Love? We've told you that we had an announcement for you. And in this episode, we'll tell you uh, how the podcast is changing, how it's staying the same, and how we're going to walk with you uh, in the coming months. Welcome to Where We Are. Welcome, welcome to uh, Where We Are. We are the Wares. I'm Michael. I'm Melissa. And uh, we're just, first of all, thrilled to be back. We've been gone for uh, about a a month. Uh, Thank you for uh, supporting us while we took a little summer break. But we're back. And not only are we back, Melissa, we have a new name for the podcast. Yep. Some new artwork. Yep. That looks pretty I like it. I like the colors. I like the the logo. Yeah, the font is supposed to be reminiscent of like a New York Times or Washington Post font. See, we even got subliminal messaging <laughs> in our in our new artwork, and it's thanks uh, in large part to our new partnership. Yep. T- tell the people. Tell the people about how we're teaming up with. That sounds fun. Network. Which you may have heard of this network if you happen to be a fan of Annie F. Downs. She's the co-founder, along with Kelly Haywood, and they call themselves an amusement park of uh, of podcasts. And so they asked us to join on board to be their news, politics, faith podcast, and we couldn't be more honored and thrilled. Uh, you'll see in the show notes a link to um, the network, and you can check out all the other podcasts on the network. We think so many of them are just fabulous. All of them are fabulous. Um, you can get anything from snacks to being a father to um, building bridges. I, Our guy Carlos Carlos Whitaker. Yeah, is Carlos on, Whitaker on is, on, is on the network. Yeah. yeah, no, it's it's really exciting, and so it'll pretty much be the same podcast in terms of content. Which we know that there are new listeners now who are joining because of the That Sounds Fun Network. And so we do want to tell you a bit more about what you can expect on our podcast week in, week out. Michael, do you want to explain how it works? Yeah. And so, like Melissa said, um, we're doing this podcast now for the same reason, uh, the same set of reasons that we were when we started. Um, This this podcast, uh, along with the Morning Five, which will Mm -hmm. also continue as part of That Sounds Fun Network, uh, a few reasons why we're doing this. Well, one, uh, Melissa and I just have a real uh, heart for our civic life and for the way that Christians are thinking about the news, politics. Uh, uh, we uh, believe that Christians can have a joyful confidence when they uh, think about when they act in public. And so this podcast is an expression of that. We hope as we walk alongside you that that will be uh, something that you feel more confident about. Uh, We also think it's a great way to inform people 
in community and be in conversation. Uh, this podcast, we talk about the news of the day. We talk about big ideas. We talk about the the latest thing, everything everybody was talking about. And we tried to uh, do so uh, uh, as Christians. We feel, uh, again, a great confidence that uh, that Jesus is up to the task of our public life. And so with this weekly podcast, it's a conversation uh, between Melissa and, and I uh, talking a bit higher up, uh, sort of bit big ideas and also the news of the week. And then Monday through Thursday uh, is the morning five, which is just five minutes of prayer and very brief overview of the events uh, of, of the, the leading news items of the day. I've been so encouraged already. We've only been doing uh, the morning five for a few months, but I've heard from parents who listen to the morning five on the car ride to school with their kids, and it gives them great uh, opportunity to discuss the issues of the day, gives them an opportunity to, to pray together in the morning. Uh, and, and so that's just been a, a great, great joy for me. Melissa, anything you'd like to add for why, uh, why we started this podcast and, and why we're excited to continue it uh, in partnership with That Sounds Fun? Well, a few other things that I want to add is Michael and I have been writing a Substack for the past two years, and you can check it out at reclaiminghope.substack.com, and that's where the podcast began, and now we've switched over to Anchor, and you'll be able to still subscribe to any uh, podcast network that you usually use to, to where we are. But over at Substack, we've been in written form doing a lot of this work, Um and what you can really expect out of this podcast is, especially with the morning five, almost like a Monday through Thursday daily liturgy of just calm in the morning, thinking about news items um, from a critical sort of lens and one that does not seek to make you more stressed out. Yes. And then each Sunday with where we are, you'll expect to hear me and Michael Talk about, yeah, some some big ideas, some big things going on in politics or in just society in general. Sometimes we get a little bit fun or a bit crazy and talk about a relationship. But generally, you can expect to hear about politics, uh, foreign affairs, those types of issues, the news of the day from the perspective of us, of us as Christians, from the perspective of us as politicos, people who've worked in politics for over a decade. So people with a lot of experience. And as people who are seeking not to be, um, uh, seeking not to play into how uh, our politics currently plays out, which is just very d divisive, very polarizing. Now, we are not without, you know, our views and our stances, but uh, we try to take them open-handedly yeah. with, the, with the idea that we could be wrong. Um, yes. But... We, we want to take the temperature down when talking about politics. Yeah. So you can expect us to get really deep into the nitty gritty sometimes. And then you can also expect us to sort of go really 30,000 foot, but always from the posture of hopefully humility and hopefully humility. a bit of fun, which is why we're yeah. part of the That Sounds, that sounds Fun Network. We that try works to make this out. a little bit fun. That works out. Uh, Melissa, uh, you, you mentioned that we've worked in politics uh, for a while, so we don't just have ideas about current events uh, and the way our civic life is, is functioning, we've we've participated in it. We've That's learned right. from that experience. We've been in the belly of the beast. Yeah. Well, uh, tell folks about 
your experience and, and just a little bit about about yourself for those who are new to the podcast. Yeah, so just a bit about me, which really ties into Michael, as you'll see. If, for those of you who do not who do not know me, um, I'm from Buffalo, New York, as is Michael. We're huge Bills fans. Yes, go Bills, <laughs> go Bills. We're so excited for this upcoming season, and you're probably going to hear a lot about the Buffalo Bills. Apologies Maybe. in advance. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Although all of you should end up commenting or emailing me telling me how much you love the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> Get on our good side. Uh, so yeah, so I'm from Buffalo. Um, grew up there my entire life. Uh, and then for college, I went to American University and also got my master's degree from American University in Washington, D.C. Uh, both my degrees are in international studies or international politics. Um, I specialize in Europe or European affairs, European politics. And that is where I have spent the majority of my career. I have worked for international organizations. I've worked for the State Department, for um, the U.S. government. I now consult part-time while staying at home with our two daughters, a three-year-old and a one-year-old, Sirsha and Alara. You might hear about them sometimes. (laughs) And uh, now I help clients navigate faith and politics issues from secular to faith-based organizations. Um, still working internationally with European organizations, which has been a ton of fun. But uh, I mean, in terms of just generally myself, my hobbies, I love reading fantasy novels, especially young adult fantasy novels. Uh, love watching TV and movies with Michael, um, hanging out with my girls, taking them out to different places like the zoo and things like that. Michael and I love traveling. We especially love Italy. Our One of our big hobbies is Italy. <laughs> Just the whole country, including the food. Um, And we've been together for 17 years. Yeah. We are high school sweethearts. Yeah. And what episodes, if folks want to, we we talked about uh, and have talked in this podcast about our relationship, how it developed, uh, our engagement. What episodes can folks listen to if they want that background? You You can go back to episode 15 for the start of a relationship and then you can go back to episode 27 to hear about how we got engaged and a bit about Michael's time in the White House which speaking of tell tell folks about yourself yeah sure so I too am from Buffalo New York a proud Buffalonian um, I uh, became a Christian when I was 15 after reading Romans and uh, it changed my life I was interested in civics before I was a Christian when I became a Christian I thought, well, now I, I probably should go to seminary, become a pastor, you know, just want to do like the most Christian thing you could think of. And was very fortunate that a pastor in my life uh, told me, you know, Michael, look around. There are Christians who aren't pastors. And that was uh, an obvious but much needed observation. And so very early on, I had the vocational question that guided uh, much of my life is what does it mean to be faithful in public things that led me to dc for college i ended up uh, meeting barack obama in the lobby of a, a hotel by accident i was there i was at the hotel a couple of days before i was supposed to be for this event ended up uh crossing paths with then senator obama and uh because of that meeting uh I ended up working for him uh, in his first presidential campaign in the White House for three and a half years, and then uh, his second campaign and and both of his uh, inaugurations. Um, uh, And then for the last decade, 
I've run a, uh, I started and, and run a consulting firm called Public Square Strategies. Uh, and I've had the opportunity to write and speak about uh, Christian faithfulness and public life. Uh, I wrote a book called Reclaiming Hope uh, that came out in 2017 uh, and have contributed to a number of other books, including co-authoring uh, Compassion and Conviction with Justin Gibney and Chris Butler. Uh, and so, so that's uh, that's that's me. Uh, I've been with Melissa as long as she's been with me. Uh, and I, too, have two <laughs> wonderful, beautiful, uh, spectacular uh, daughters who will absolutely Super be energetic. talking about. Uh, and so so that's us. You'll really get to know us episode by episode. This, uh, this podcast is uh, principally about... Uh, politics and our public life. It, it, it's also, I'll be honest, it provides Melissa and I, as we're raising two young babies, gives us an opportunity to have time on the calendar at least once a week to have an extended conversation with one another, which uh, uh, the opportunities for that are not as much as they were when we were in high school dating and in the early years of, of marriage. And so we're looking forward to sort of walking uh, through this season of life, not just politics uh, with, with all of you. Melissa, I know we want to talk with folks a bit about, you know, a big topic we're going to be covering mm-hmm. uh, in uh over the next few months as we sort of kick off the where we are podcast is the midterm elections we want to break those down anything you want to add before we before we go to break i have nothing to add other than welcome new listeners we're so grateful you're here and to everyone who is coming over from substack we're so grateful to you so grateful and one of the ways that you can support us um, now with the with this relaunch of our podcast is to subscribe to the podcast on your preferred um, podcasting account. Uh, share us on social media. Please go to reclaiminghope.substack.com and subscribe to our Substack if you like what you hear, because we also think that you'll like what you read from us. Hey, that's good. You just came up with that. Uh... Uh, just off the top of your head, that's good. And I am a communications professional. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, but I I agree. Really, the podcast and the Substack uh, will give you will give you sort of a fully orbed uh, a fully view orbed. of things. Fully orbed. Yeah, fully orbed. That's a that's full a picture. phrase. But it'll give you the it full the experience. whole package. The full experience. <laughs> This really does sound like an amusement park of podcasts. It really does. All right. We're going to go to uh, break. When we get back, uh, we're going to give you sort of a preview of what to expect with midterm elections, which will, again, be a major topic uh, that that we'll cover over the next few months. This is where we are.
We're back. Uh, this is the Where We Are podcast, and we are the Wares. And we, Melissa, we neglected to do this in the uh, opening segment. Shout out to King Sis with oh. our with our uh, our show music. Uh, where are you? Uh, this song, I it's a bop. I, it's a bop. I mean, I just listened to it. I'm I'm glad that. I mean, I play the whole thing. Just when we're uh, when we're recording the podcast, uh huh. Just because I like listening to it. <laughs> yes, it's a very good song. It's a great song. It's obviously, a play on words. My goal is for us to uh, get as tongue tied as possible. Uh, with <laughs> this is the where we are podcast. We are the wares. Our theme song is "Where Are You." We'll just see. We'll see how many iterations and variations. We're see how we far can. we can take this. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, so King Sis uh, really, really love that song. Um, Melissa, let's midterms, baby. Midterms. Uh, first of all, they're called midterms. Uh, a lot of people don't. It's not obvious. No. Uh, uh, midterm election. It just means that they're held uh, in the middle of the presidential term. Yep. And so uh, they are incredibly significant. They're significant as a sort of a marker. Uh, at the at the level of national politics, they're significant as a sort of marker of uh, how folks think the governing party is doing. In this case, it's it's uh, Democrats. Uh, uh, it's also significant, uh, much more significant, because uh, local elections and state elections right. and how people are represented in Congress is decided this November. And so there are 36 uh, governor's races on the ballot in November. Uh, There are uh, 88 of the country's uh, 99 state legislative chambers uh, will hold elections uh, for about 6,200 of the country's 73 uh, uh, 7,383 state legislative seats. And so on November, the balance of power, who folks are represented by, what decisions are able to be made, all that will be decided uh, for the vast, vast majority. Well, for the for the whole country and then for the vast, vast majority of the country at Almost every level of, of governance, state, again, state legislature, uh, uh, gubernatorial elections, Congress. There are, of course, local elections happening uh, uh, in, in many, many locales uh, and jurisdictions around, uh, around the country. And so it's just it's very significant. We're not going to talk about. So here's what you can expect over the next few months. We'll talk about the most significant tightest races, races that you should particularly be paying attention to, know something about. Uh, uh, and we'll we'll talk about specific races over the coming months. In this episode, really just want to set expectations and talk a little bit more about why midterm elections are 
important. It's important to note historically, though there are some exceptions, the party that has control of the White House loses in the midterm elections. And so this happened in 2006 during the second term of George W. Bush. Democrats uh, swept in and made huge gains, won, uh, won Congress. In 2010, Barack Obama's first term, Republicans uh, made huge gains uh, in Congress. And so the expectation going into uh, t- uh, the 2022 midterm elections, especially based on President Biden's uh, pretty dismal approval ratings, especially earlier this summer, was Democrats better prepare to be absolutely trounced. Right. That is kind of ch- change. The conventional wisdom is kind of changing. Mm-hmm. And, and some people are giving Democrats a chance to buck history here. I'm not quite there yet. Me neither. Uh, I need to see a bit more. Uh, but there, l- l- here are a few reasons why people think that. One is just the polling has improved. So generic ballot. So if, if by generic ballot, that just means instead of asking about specific candidates, you ask, uh, you ask uh, those who are surveyed, would you prefer a Democrat? in Congress or Republican. Democrats' numbers have significantly uh, improved over the last a few months. There was a poll out today that showed Democrats uh, with a four-point advantage in the generic ballot. And so people look at improving poll numbers. Uh, and just in recent weeks, people have been appointing to uh, President Biden's string of legislative accomplishments. Right. That's been an indicator. Another indicator has been Uh, Some of the recruits that Republicans made to run for the U.S. Senate in particular um, have not been running that well. Dr. Oz, who's the Republicans candidate in Pennsylvania, is is not performing well. Herschel Walker in Georgia, a, a state that, yes, Democrats won both Senate seats in 2020, but uh, there, there's still an expectation uh, that, that it should be a, a red state. Herschel Walker is not polling well in Georgia. And so there's a recruitment problem. And then, of course, Melissa, uh, the Supreme Court's decision mm-hmm. in Dobbs yep. uh, uh, really uh, uh, provided a pivot point for this election. And there are some who think that that will work to Democrats' advantage. Uh, I'm not in the business of making predictions sort of months out because my history in campaigns, you know, suggests as both a participant and a watcher, just suggests a lot changes, even uh, even a few months out. The campaign will really pick up after Labor Day and, uh, and so much can change. And some of these elections could be a difference of 10,000 votes, 100,000 right. votes. Um, and so um, uh, and, and so, we're not going to make hard predictions now. We may as we get closer. I think history will still uh, have have its way, especially in the House. Yeah. You know, I, I, I expect Republicans to pick up some seats at this point. But again, things, things can change. If Democrats have as good of a 
uh, next three months as they've had for the last month, then, uh, then then maybe they are able to buck history. But that's what that's what we'll be tracking, along with there are some significant governors' races and uh, so much legislation happens happens at the level of the state legislature, uh, and so uh, we won't be able to cover those in depth because obviously they happen at the level of of uh, state house districts uh, and 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 uh, state senate districts, which are uh, uh, much much smaller and, and local. But it'll be important to watch the balance in some of these states. Melissa, as you look ahead to the midterms, what what are you what are you watching for? What do you think are are issues that can determine the the balance of power? And are, and are there any particular races that you're interested in digging deeper on over the next few months? Right. So uh, I'm really watching the economy right now. I'm watching inflation, um, the inflation reports that will continue to um, be released, whether or not hotflation is gone or if we'll start to see a decrease. I'm watching to see what the Fed does in terms of decisions on interest rate, which there should be a big one in September. Um, the economy is one of the strongest drivers of voter decision making out there. And so that's where what I'm watching. Um, the fact that the past this past month gas prices have dropped so much, inflation has started to sort of, I don't know, maybe re- maybe reach its carrying capacity. And with prices on a lot of important commodities like wood and other things needed for, for manufacturing or, you know, the housing market has sort of um, cooled down a bit because of interest rates. It's been a better month economically or economic news wise or even the narrative around it than it has been for like the last 9, 10, 11 months. Um, By the way, I don't know if you saw it this past week, uh, the price of the chicken wing yes, dropped I saw that. below uh-huh. d- dropped a pre-inflation levels That's and you would have bill season you, is coming well you yeah it's because of the buffalo bill and you would have thought there are a couple buffalonians at least that work for the biden white house but you would have thought that these were that the white house was completely staffed by buffalo folks the way they were really trumpeting out you know the, the chicken wing is now, you know, more more affordable. <laughs> you know, this economy is. I've I've never seen a White House more excited about chicken wings. No, but, I know. But Isn't they're looking funny? for whatever they can. But that's with whatever they can sort of champion. When yeah. it comes to these price indexes, it's just so funny. Um, what commodities that they'll end up focusing on? Like, oh, this is actually this particular product is some weird esoteric product like a chicken wing. It's like a harbinger of the entire macroeconomic <laughs> landscape. I mean, that's what they, that's what economists do. Yeah, so. on a chicken wing and a prayer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Um. Um, so I'm watching the economy um, as uh, one of the biggest sort of bellwethers tells for how voters may act. I'm watching uh, when the Supreme Court returns, um, the sort of conversations there uh, is sort of like the, in terms of like um, the mood that it brings, because I do think Dobbs is important. I do think that Dobbs and the sentiments there can last, but how much and at what level will the sentiments for Dobbs last into November 8th, which is a far removed from, you know, like, a you know, June, July, from when, you know, there was pretty much the fervor. Yeah. But I'm also watching um, statistics on rates of violence in cities because violence uh, 
and crime and gun control have all been huge issues over the past few months and have also driven a lot of voters and their sentiments and what candidates they're they're looking at. Um, and then obviously immigration um, is another huge voter issue, especially yeah, in the South. Will there be another flashpoint? Will there be another on immigration point? between now and November? I think that's exactly right. That's right. And I think um, one of the issues that I care about personally um, is healthcare. Um, and so uh, the prescription drug price um, legislation that just came down. How soon do people start feeling the benefits yes. of that or at least being able yes. to more tangibly anticipate those benefits? Which is very much tied to the inflation conversation. How much do people feel like they have in their pocket right now to spend? because there's been savings somewhere with the Affordable Care Act or with prescription drugs or with their grocery store prices or at the gas pump, name it. Yeah. They're, you know, they're building a deck on the back of their house. Um, so those are the issues that I'm looking at. Now, in terms of key races, I mean, I am watching the Fetterman-Oz race just because they've made it such a spectacle. Uh, we, we have many, many thoughts on um, making politics a spectacle here at uh, where we are, but I, I won't go into that. So I'm watching that race quite Don't closely. tempt me, Melissa. <laughs> I mean, we'll have to talk about it at some point. But that, yeah, we'll talk about it. You're exactly right. We won't talk about it here, but my, you're absolutely right. That race has turned into yeah. a, quite a spectacle. I, uh, I have no idea what what issues any of the candidates are talking about no but it's become no, quite a yeah. spectacle mm -hmm, yeah okay yeah. so i'm just interested from the that spectacle perspective of what you know what actually makes it through in the end who are people voting for yeah um in terms of governor races i'm super interested in the georgia governor's race yeah um maryland our own state that race um what's happening down in texas with beto o'rourke and abbott uh, those are just to name a few. What are you looking? What I mean, I, I you know, I you think Ohio. Yeah. I think Ohio is going to be. You know, for a couple of cycles, Ohio fell off as like the bellwether. Right. I think we we may be entering, we may be returning to Ohio being a critical bellwether, at least That's in these in these midterm elections. Yeah. Uh, Mike Dewine, the the very mm. popular Republican governor. Uh, Ohio has now had two very popular Republican governors from right. John Kasich and now now Devine, uh, Devine and um, and then you know I do expect the JD Vance Tim mm -hmm. Ryan mm -hmm. race mm -hmm. to heat up and it's a very interesting race you know JD Vance is kind of an outsider doesn't have a huge political profile does have a uh, I think higher name ID because of how successful his book was. He has made a, a very conservative turn from uh, from sort of what a lot of people thought of him when his book was uh, first coming out. Although, if you knew about J.D. Vance, you knew that he had a he had a background in conservative sort of think tank world. And what's interesting about that race is you have J.D. Vance, then you have Tim Ryan, who Tim Ryan his his entire career coming up, he was a moderate pro-life Catholic. Mm -hmm. And then we saw him flip on the life issue with many people kind of thinking, okay, this is kind of what he thought he needed to do to run for higher office uh, and get Democratic support. Now what's interesting is, uh, though the political winds have turned in Ohio and 
Tim Ryan is now trying to pivot back as a moderate. And <laughs> yeah. so it's it's going to be interesting to see uh, how that plays out and if he's he's just tried to be too many iterations of himself or if there is a core that sort of comes comes through. What I can tell you is a ton of money is going to be spent right. in the state of Ohio uh, on these elections. So, uh, uh, so I, I think we'll stop there. I think the main thing we want to we wanted to begin to set the table for the midterm elections. We want to hear from you, the listeners, if you're from a state and want to hear us talk about an election uh, in in your state or your congressional district. Let us know, and we'll we'll try and talk about it uh, in an episode. You can always reach us at reclaiminghope.substack.com with your questions. Again, we provide written analysis, and, and uh, sort of will increasingly so as we get closer uh, to the midterms. But our our goal here with the podcast is uh, to sort of uh, uh, ease. Uh, and not overwhelm you, um, but also, uh, I think we we expect that our uh, our, our our listeners are listening because uh, they want to be engaged. They 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 want to know more than the surface level, and so we'll always try and get under the surface, try and make sure you're a little bit ahead of the curve in terms of what to uh, what to expect. Uh, and explore these things, uh, these issues from uh, uh, from uh, being clear about what is our perspective and what we what we think is just sort of uh, uh, what's what's the reality of, of what is happening, and do all of it as Melissa said in an in an open handed uh, in an open handed uh, manner. Uh, Melissa, any any closing thoughts before we sort of land the plane on this first episode of the revamped uh, the podcast formerly known as Where Is the Love. By the way, we answered the question, which is why the, the, the love is, is right here between you and me. Where we are. And it's... it's <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's, okay. my, that's my final word. We, I, we promise we'll get these puns out, you know, over the course of the next five episodes or so. And then no more, no more puns. Hey, folks, can't thank you enough for listening in. We are so excited. So excited to be teaming up with Annie... And uh, teaming up with the That Sounds Fun Network and being in conversation with you uh, over the coming weeks and months. Uh, and we're just, uh, we're honored uh, that you trust this time that you have uh, with us. This is the Where We Are podcast. We are the Wearers. Melissa and I will talk to you next week. Bye. Don't be so hard to reach. Pick up your phone. It's like...
I'm singing the song to you while you're on a target run. And you're just nowhere to be found. <laughs> Please help me. Dear God, <laughs> no, it's pick you. up your phone. Where are you? I need you here. <laughs> no, it's you calling me when I'm like, you know, chilling in the bedroom reading a book and you're with the two kids. <laughs> yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> pick up the phone. Where are you? Where? <laughs> 